Welcome to Talking Paragraphs. I am your host, former journalist and future teacher, Daniel P. Finney. My co-host is certified in all NATO and Warsaw Pact weapons, the Sultan of Spreadsheets himself, Memphis Paul. Hello, Paul. Uh, Dan, we, we've been working on our um, salutations and... Uh, yeah, I got a little complicated. I think I had up to like three nicknames for you. At which point, at which point I think you were starting to get annoyed at how long it took to introduce you. So now we're just going with a straight hello, Paul, but I did throw in the GI Joe reference there for you. How I can enjoy that. Paul, I didn't tell you this in our uh, prep meeting, but we do have a special guest today. We we have uh, comedian Lewis's Black's anger button. Uh, and I'd like to introduce oh. him right now. Uh, Mr. Black, it's a pleasure to have you here. How, how does it feel to be on the longest running podcast by a former journalist and uh, uh, in, an Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa and a in, Memphis, in Memphis accountant? Well, that's, that's a little harsh. You remember? Mood. But I guess uh, I remember I'm glad you're here. I what I like about Lewis Black yeah. sound recordings is um, there was a time when uh, there was like a, a Duke Nukem soundboard, yeah, and a Arnold a Schwarzenegger soundboard, yeah, and uh, you would have little. Um, uh, I forget the, the Jersey people that would do the crank calls. Oh, the uh, Jersey crank boys. Gear. Yeah, Jersey boys. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do the research. Musical. But but you're right. They were out of Jersey. It was kind. Of, it was that kind of entertainment where someone would crank call someone and. Uh, you had your options from the soundboard. I don't know if there's other there's the jerky comments boys. from the, there you go. From Queens. Oh, yeah. Queens, yeah. New York. Although although they although they were from yeah, East Coast. Yeah. Um so I don't know if Lewis Black has other uh rough and tumble phrasings. If it's a whole board or just the one clip, but uh, I feel I, I like, like we'll, the nostalgia value. I feel like we'll we'll be visiting with Lewis throughout the podcast. We don't want to overdo okay. it, um, but uh, mm-hmm. we've got we've got a big episode here, and only a, little, a limited amount of time to do it. So, you know, today we're going to talk about. Uh, heroin in India, uh, mm-hmm. illegal KFC trafficking, yeah. um, the K-pop supergroup BTS speaking at the United Nations, the FX miniseries Clinton Lewiski, 
belts. What's it called? Hold on. What, what's I don't know what it's called. Belt? It's just it's about Clinton and Lewinsky. Paging, paging, paging Lewinsky. I don't. I don't know what it's called. A uh, little bit of sports chatter about OU, yeah. Iowa, and Iowa State. Uh, yeah. But we begin today with the beginning of fall or autumn, depending on how pretentious you are. Yeah. I think that our listeners would expect some kind of anti-pumpkin spice rant here. But the truth is, I don't mind those flavors. I don't consume them necessarily. But the fact that they're there doesn't bother me this my my only complaint about uh autumn is the ridiculousness with which it is covered because the autumnal equinox it is not that uh interesting in and of itself well an equinox that's like the uh the day and the night for equal lengths or um right like in the spring you have the uh i can't remember vernal inks uh, something equinox yeah in the winter you have the winter solstice maybe it's the spring solstice i don't know it's named after the hayvern guy <laughs> Jim Varney, the Jim, the Jim, the Jim Varney equinox. Could be sure, yeah. sure. This is the podcast. Like where, this is the podcast where no research has been done. That, let's be honest about that, right up front. Uh, but the thing that got me was I, I went to Google on whatever day. I think it was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday was the day of the. podcast or excuse me wednesday was the first day of autumn mm-hmm. and i i dial up google and at the bottom of the page it has three news stories and uh, they're all about autumn but the page starts raining leaves which is already oh. ridiculous you know raining yeah. little brown and orange leaves you know cartoon yeah. graphics you know and then there are three news stories. I'm going to read to you them to you in uh, in order of re- least ridiculous to most ridiculous. These are the headlines. Okay. All right, from the Washington Post: The autumn equinox and first day of fall arrive Wednesday. Okay, but that's actually all I need to know about that. Yeah, I'm not going to click. It's probably a loss for them because I'm not going to click on that because that's already told me everything I need to know about autumn, the beginning of fall. Uh, Here we go with USA Today, which is owned by Gannett, my former employer, which I would expect a higher level of fuckery out of these guys. So here's their headline. The autumnal equinox marks the end of summer, but is it the start of fall or autumn? To which I can say, oh, fuck you. You know, wh- why? Why bother with this? It, it, leave, us, leave it alone. 
But finally, we reach CNN, which is the root of all evil when it comes to the decline and fall of journalism. Fall, the season of cozy, delicious, wisdom-inducing rediscovery. <laughs> it sounds like good housekeeping uh, more than that. CNN's. The season of cozy, delicious, wisdom-inducing rediscovery. I agree, Lou. That's that's some crap. Yeah. Uh, I I like autumn. Yeah. I like the fact that it's not hot anymore. I don't like yeah. it as much as I used to because it's a harbinger of how it's going to be cold soon. And there'll be ice and snow and things will be slippery and uh, make arthritis more difficult and so on and so forth. That being said, it's a nice season. I don't know if it's cozy, delicious, wisdom inducing rediscovery, but, you know, Um, CNN. Spring and fall, I think, are the best seasons of the four. Sure. And maybe it's like, well, am I looking forward to a reduction of cold or a reduction of heat? I'm as a southerner in Memphis where it gets super hot. Right. I I like getting rid of the uh, the heat. You just can't escape it. You just get exhausted entering a building. Yes. You know, driving from home to work or back. Um, your energy bills are higher. And it's the start of football, which I like. Um, right, right. Football is one of those things. I don't think it makes you wise, like the CNN article, because you start the football season like everyone's undefeated. And it's like, oh, good, this team I like is playing. Uh, but it only takes you two to three weeks before it's like, yeah, this isn't the season that the dreams happen. Sure. For uh, for my team or. Well, I've got. Oh, Alabama. Alabama's got good the... again. That's even worse. I've got the baseball I mean, we'll playoffs coming up. Later. Right. So autumn does mean the baseball playoffs, but the Yankees are streaky and inconsistent and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Or if they do, they'll be in one of those ridiculous play in games. I mean, hope springs eternal, but I don't, I don't think that's a a wise thing. Well, anyway, I don't know that there's, I, I don't know about this coziness either. <laughs> uh, are people going down to the weather bureau and being issued, you know, dogs and cats or girlfriends and boyfriends or androgynous um, cuddle pillows or whatever? I don't know. This is so dumb yeah. that, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to contemplate it anymore. Other than denote CNN, you're worthless. You're you're worthless and awful. No. 
Paul, you've got a story about heroin in India. Well, there's, uh, now we're talking about heroin, the drug, not herons, the birds. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't know that those, the root of heroin is the bird because they're just like, they act crazy or they eat heroin. <laughs> the, uh, the root of heroin is poppies, which is also the yeah. flower used to honor the end of World War One. Yeah, the English love their little poppy. Yeah, a little red uh, poppy on the lapel. They used to give them, when I was a they kid, they, they used to give them away at the grocery store uh, around Armistice Day. But that doesn't happen well. anymore because we're busy focusing on our cozy delicious wisdom inducing uh, yeah. renaissance they were ground, yeah ground up to either make drugs or pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> yeah so there is a story about um heroin yeah really the story is more about um kfc in new zealand so i don't i i don't want to have these stories become unpaired because I was on the Bing homepage, which just has, you know, some fluff stories. Well, can I just say, uh, can I just say that Bing's homepage news stories are already superior to the Google homepage news stories? These autumn stories. Well, if you've got three autumn stories, that's crap. But if you've got heroin in a container ship in India and a, mm-hmm. a car a car stopped with a hundred K of cash and illegal KFC in New Zealand. I'm already feeling like their news judgment is better at Microsoft. Yeah. yeah everyone, everyone has problems. And yeah, they do. Uh, if you're, if you're in Pakistan or Afghanistan, you know, that, 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 that was a failed nation state. We got out, but things mm-hmm. have gone bad. That's been in the news. Uh, one result of that is uh, they're upping the heroin production, and some of that got uh, discovered in a container ship in uh, India. Yeah. So things are bad there, but share share a thought for New Zealand because they have their own crime spree. Mm. They they're they're combating the um, the COVID, the Delta. Well, they're one of the few countries that didn't have they did really well, right? They yeah. didn't have a, a massive casualty rate because they just shut down, uh, which, which you know, robbed the world of another Lord album for months and months, but they just shut down and said, nobody in, nobody out. Because I think, uh, Neil Gaiman's wife got stuck in New Zealand wow. during, uh, during the pandemic which is ongoing, which they eventually, I don't know. Anyway, the point is they didn't, they were one of the super success stories of the pandemic. But success, success comes with a price. Yeah. You, know, you want to maintain that, that good record. You have to put stops on things like, um, delivering KFC food to the hungry masses. Which some people embrace that, like okay, that's the price you pay 
but there's a criminal element, just like these heroin shippers. Uh, right. The police, they stopped a car, had had a bunch of money. There was little baggies, so they assumed that this was baggies from the drug trade. Right. But even more sinister, they were breaking COVID protocols by uh, transporting KFC, of which you know that had already been in the news because of uh, supply chain issues that uh, KFC wasn't able to supply all the uh, the goodies that they had. I feel like this. I feel like this is a window to the future when yeah. when meat becomes less available because of land management issues as world well, population KFC, grows. KFC, yeah, KFC is already doing the uh, Beyond Meat plant-based nuggets. Right. I, I don't want to think about I that assume, anymore. Well, I assume these people were transporting actual meat because if you're, if you're breaking the rules... You don't you don't break it for fake meat. Right. You, know, you, you, go whole, you go whole hog. Yeah. Or yeah, whole rooster in this case. But I feel like this is a window into the future where like you're smuggling actual steak. You know, only mobsters and criminals have their hands yeah. on real sure. food. I also uh, I also think this is a indicator of just how widespread how much of the planet is burning with the chicken wars because there is now a criminal enterprise tied to making sure that people who are desperate for a crispy or spicy chicken sandwich can get one and we've been covering this since the very beginning and the chicken wars have now reached fever pitch to the point where we have an international incident involving KFC meat, KFC future, what what could have been delicious golden brown patties on a bun with special sauce and pickles has probably now been destroyed. I'm hoping the police just ate it. You know, <laughs> they just—they just, they fired like, up a fired up a giant grease pit and dropped it in. Is that what you're saying? Well, it was all—it was all cooked. It was—it was—it was a—it oh. was, was a, a to-go order, and it didn't get to its ultimate end. But I, I would hope the police just ate it. Like, you know, this is illegal, but you've already done it. You know, normally yeah. there's a. Uh, isn't there a room in the police where it's like evidence room drugs? Yeah. yeah. The evidence room. But I mean, I think you just need to eat that food. It's, it'll go bad. Drugs, drugs stay good longer. I, I had a couple of comments on this story. One, mm-hmm. uh, in the story, they mentioned there was a fine of like $2,800 for breaking the rule. I assume that's just how much it costs uh, to do the DoorDash delivery. That's how they came up with that dollar amount. That, that, that was the figure. But how much do we want to charge for this? Well, we'll just have it be the DoorDash amount, $2,800. That seems a good amount. That's about uh, 560 other, crispy chicken sandwiches. Yeah. 
my other my other uh, thought on the story was um, I, I want to see the Mad Max movie that involves KFC. You know, because we're Mad Max is a movie set in a dystopian apocalyptic future, and I, I think we're there. That that's where we are. Um, so in the Mad Max movie, it's like he's transporting gasoline and he's being chased down by uh, this roving gang of uh, criminals or whatever or whatever they are. Uh, With flame, flame foe and guitars ma- and. Uh... <laughs> well, that's the remake. I think yeah. I think the. the that was the one with uh, the South uh, African woman. O- obese Shrek, women Shrek. being Charlize Theron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the obese women being milked for, their, yeah. well, for the, some reason. That was that was the remake. In the original, he yeah. had oil, and he's being the Mel, Mel Gibson. He, the, yeah, back when he was young. Uh so he's being chased down, and meanwhile, the kids and the women, the women folk, uh, they uh, they're going the other direction, uh, and their their caravan is loaded up with oil. Uh, they just, you know, it was a bait and switch. So I'm assuming the remake of the movie, the roving band of people catch up with them, and, and he has the KFC plant-based nuggets. Yeah. Meanwhile, the women and children, they've escaped with the actual chicken. Uh, and I would hope they also have the, the Cajun rice that I can't get anymore that they've outlawed. I, I would hope that's uh, Popeyes, though. They not have KFC. The, oh, well, either so. way. Uh, I, I hope it's somewhere. I hope they have it. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like if you're the bad guys on you catch Mad Max. And all he has is the plant-based nuggets. You just kill him straight out. And you just barbecue him? Yeah, I mean, there's no excuse for having this garbage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on, Mm -hmm. we have another incident of a... (coughs) a, You all right there, buddy? Uh, Drinking a... Staying hydrated here. Yeah, uh, a sip of water went down the wrong pipe. But Paul, uh, Paul has trouble swallowing sometimes. I do. Uh, anyway, we we have another situation where a disgruntled passenger on a flight stormed the cockpit. Which one? I didn't think that was possible anymore with the well, new doors, well, I... and then tr- tried to strangle the cockpit or tried to strangle the flight attendant. This is a zero hedge story. I, I, so you're the leader. Yeah. On this. I just, I just, I just want one of this to be cited to the right, you know, give credit. Right. Where it's due. right. Um, yeah, the, I feel like there's been a steady stream, not just from zero hedge, but other sources of, uh, uh, you know, we, we had the pandemic and people couldn't go anywhere. And then you know, the, the airlines were having trouble. Now they're back. But even though they're back, it's like there's a lot of stories of you know people not wanting to wear the mask or they're just like 
acting up and then they have to divert the flight or they the flight gets delayed starting until they can kick the people off and uh, one one airline is wanting to partner with other airlines to make a comprehensive list of people that are barred from ever flying because they acted up and it caused all these problems uh, with the flights. I'm not yeah, quite I've sure seen, what's going on here. You have I've a seen, and I have I've one. seen a number. I've seen a well in a number of Your cases. I think it's just, yeah, in a number of cases, I think it's just people who hit the bar too hard before getting on the flight. Like there was a TikTok video of a guy who had flipped out and was like barking and chewing on his mask and pulling it on and off. Mm-hmm. And the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco was like, it looks like we got another case of, uh, or another candidate to be uh, duct taped to a seat and ball gagged. Um, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, if this is the way we got to yeah. transport people, that's fine. We'll get some of that Hannibal Lecter stuff together and that'll be fine. But I, I there, it does seem to be a few things like people just ref, refusing to do a basic thing where like a stewardess or flight attendant, yeah. excuse me, will say, you know, you need to have your mask over your nose and throughout the whole flight. And then the lady will be like, I don't want to be like, yeah, that's the rule. Sorry. And then they'll go oh, back and forth. Pause. And then, yeah. and then it's just sort of like the ostinance of a child sets in. And so then they'll bring the captain down to be like, put the, put the mask on or you're out. And the cat, and then the lady will be like, "Who are you to tell me what to do? I'm the captain of the fucking plane. I fly the plane, and you either wear the mask or you get off the plane. I'm I'm not doing the. And and there was one I was watching where the guy. And you're you're on the plane, you know. Right. What you're wanting to take, so that's the connection. Right, and then she was like, uh, the. Is like, I just need your word that you'll keep that on for the rest of the flight. And she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't just say, you have my word. So he threw her off. I just, yeah. I, I think that our childlike, our not childlike. I appreciate that, her honesty, but yeah, you can't, you can't come on the flight now. I, I just, I think the obstinance, I said childlike, but that implies like joy, like. Child. You know, having having a snowball fight when you're an adult—that's that, childlike. Well, that's this wrong. Is just ch- childish. Childlike is—that's the wrong. You, you've chosen the wrong words because actually, kids in school actually do a good job of like, "Hey, you need to wear a mask." Right. Like, okay, I'll put it. They, they actually don't complain. It's the adults that uh, are um, causing all the problems. Uh, right. In terms of like, here's the rule. Well, I don't want to so, follow it. So my second theory is just this is stupid people tripling and quadrupling down on how stupid they are by just refusing to follow a really basic rule that is at the most a mild inconvenience. But I I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. My response is, yeah, uh, one, this alcohol thing 
Yeah. My uncle, who used to work in the oil fields of the Middle East, he would talk about returning flights to the States. People yeah. just getting shit-faced because... Because you, you can't drink. It's a, and... it's, yeah, it's a culture where alcohol is not allowed. It's like, here's our first chance of alcohol freedom. Right. And, and they, they just go nuts on the flight. It, you know, it's just a chaos. And the flight attendants are just like uh, having to clean up uh, the sewers of uh, <clears throat> some ghetto at every flight. Yeah. But my theory is, like, here's this flight. And the people going on the flight have built this up. You know, they've been cooped up forever. Right. Like, oh, here's my chance to do something fun. And you haven't quite got to the place that's supposed to be fun. And there's the step along that path where it's like, oh, wait, you, you're going to need to put this mask on, which isn't fun. And, and you've just built it up in your head this escape so this this one last little step you have to uh go you know the hoops jump through it's just too much for these people like wait this was meant to be fun i'm i'm, I'm not having fun yet i'm just gonna crack what it's like that falling down movie you know yeah yeah with michael douglas right i want we've several times <clears throat> We should we should create uh, a a blog entry of things that we reference, so that mm-hmm. listeners can check them out. Can just like, understand. Well, like falling down has come up several times. I'm sure there are other things that we check in zero with every hedge, now and then. They're, they're, know, yeah, zero hedge. What, check that what is out. Zero hedge. You keep talking about it. What is it? Yeah, zero zero hedge is a right wing conspiracy fight. That has an obsession with skywriting penises, yeah. you know that sort of thing. Uh, Lou, you got anything to say about the topic of crazy airline passengers? Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Oh, okay. <laughs> this one I don't understand. You explained it to me in our pre-show warm-up, but let's well, let's try to okay. get into yeah. this. Tax rich dress is my notes tax rich dress <laughs> this is another zero hedge story uh, oh well AOC maybe, maybe we can get a sponsorship of those guys sure yeah aoc um, what's her name alexandria, alexandria ortez cortez yeah i don't know i don't know her anyway. full name yeah uh, well she doesn't uh, represent either of us so it's not that important to me. Well, she represents this country. Does in she? In a very real and sad way. She represents uh, she represents a constituency in, in the New York. in New York. She doesn't represent me. I mean well, she's, she's a, a congressperson. Okay. Fair enough. Doesn't the government represent us, even if we're not uh, that's true. The government uh, does represent us. It, it represents us. It represents us and probably the truest and most honest way. And if you look at how fucked up our government is, you're like, if you look, turn around, you're like, oh yeah, we're pretty fucked up. So this, we have the government we deserve. Yeah. Twain, Twain told us that, but yeah, she, uh, attended a Met Gala. Yeah. These dress up affairs. So she got a designer to create a dress for her. 
and she's very big on taxing the wrist. That's what the dress said. This was just a regular dress with some writing on it saying tax the rich or eat the rich or something like that. Eat the well, rich. Wow. That's some dead Kennedy's uh, talk there. So Zero Hedge followed up on this by finding out that the um, dress designer actually owes taxes in various multiple states. <laughs> uh, this was a story that appealed to me because uh, she's quite good looking, both AOC and the dress designer. So just visually it's an appealing story. Don't you think if you're an editor at Zero Hedge where you're always looking for some shit to throw on somebody like AOC or the squad of youngsters in like you see something like this and like all the pinball lights go off. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a day's worth of content out of this. I'm not going to have a argue this to the editor. This is yeah. this is immediately approved. It it clicks enough boxes. Yeah, the, it, uh, I don't, is there is there a zero hedge bingo sheet? And like the well, you know you get the middle square is AOC, and then like one of them might be skywriting penises and you know K, smuggling KFC. Um, you're like, oh, a- AOC and a... KFC has shown up a lot recently. Biden yeah. is fumbling or misses something. Right. That's the high score card. Uh, they do a lot of finance stuff. Um, so like if... So if stuff, they do a if, lot of inflationary stuff, like something went up in price a lot. Uh, they'll be like, oh, the feds are on about it being transitory. A lot of those stories. So if Biden uh, so yeah, accidentally have, said, if Biden accidentally said Popeyes when he met KFC, and while talking to AOC, while talking to AOC, <laughs> who was having Chick Fil A, which right. is run by a guy who doesn't like gay marriage, mm-hmm. and they're in Israel, is <laughs> yeah Israel. Someone in Israel was skywriting a penis with a uh, very powerful jet, and the pilot was on heroin. Like zero hedge would explode. Yeah, like we've we've done it. We found the last story. Yeah, excellent. That was better than I expected, based on my notes. So this is another story that you brought. You, you've done all the heavy lifting for this week's podcast. I'm not going to lie. Well, Zero Hedge was very active. Well, so is. this is the last story before I want to get into sports for a second. But the K-pop, which is Korean pop music, the K-pop group BTS spoke at the United Nations. I want to just add my preamble to this because I know nothing about K-pop other than if I'm up late at night or early in the morning, Twitter just gets taken over by talk about K-pop. And I'm just like, oh, well, this is not the time to be on Twitter because this isn't for me. And so the fact that a... K-pop supergroup 
is visiting and talking to the United Nations is a leap forward in celebrity importance that I wasn't quite prepared for. Uh, I just thought, I thought this was some kind of like internet meme that got repeated over and over again and people got very passionate about it. But apparently it's the, it's such a big deal that the United Nations will grant, because this is a big band, I take it, like 10, 12 guys will will Um, grant, grant audience to BTS. Oh, there have been boy bands in America. But boys to men, uh, uh, brothers. I don't think I don't think in I don't I don't know this, but I don't think in sync. I don't think they addressed the United Nations. They were it was just just Justin Timberlake trying to get into Britney Spears's pants. He did. Yeah, and and he did. Um, There's more. Which to me, that's the that's the lane for a boy band. Is you're trying to get laid, and you're uh, trying to make a lot of money. I don't know that. I don't know that United Nations is the right lane for you. Yeah. But go ahead. You hey. know the story. Uh-huh. So to lay it on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They uh, it's a K-pop group. There's more members than the traditional American boy band. And uh, I think they've stayed around longer. Uh, they're more commercial. I've heard them involved with other deals. And I think there's like a, uh, they're listed on the stock exchange. Maybe not them, but like the, uh, the management group for them. Wow. Uh, and uh, they have different little personalities, which I guess is true of other and but uh yeah that th- this was from twitter so the fact that uh they get mentioned on twitter i guess is uh unsurprising given that this is the source of that uh reporting uh yeah they went to the un and they talked about climate control and uh, equality and different things it, it wasn't much of a story apart from like uh what a time to be alive you know, it's one of those stories of like uh, the UN will hear from anybody. Now. They, they had they had Greta Thunberg in, mm-hmm. and she was crying and screaming about something related to the climate. I'm by the way, I'm not a climate change. Uh, it's obviously happening. I the Western United States mm-hmm. is on fire every summer. There's yeah. there's hurricanes in the Northeast. Well, there's bad weather and droughts. I, I get it. The planet's in bad shape, and it's our fault as as a, as a species. And we've prob we probably will within a very short period of time make the planet very unhospitable for our species. Yeah, but well, the people at CNN will have to rewrite that headline about spring. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, it's time for that crispy season. Uh, get your uh, heat deflectors out spring fall or whatever uh well here in iowa spring only lasts like 34 seconds so but anyway i so i make fun of greta thunberg just because 
it was kind of an overwrought uh, appearance. But uh, maybe you and I should try to get in front of the UN. And what should we talk about? Our podcast. <laughs> talk about our podcast, pimp. Yeah, we would have like one day where we had like a million downloads, and everybody's like, "These guys aren't talking about anything." They, they have no agenda whatsoever. We're gonna not watch this, but one day we would we would be ahead. Yeah. What do what do you think, Lewis Black? Shut the fuck up. That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Okay, so sports. Uh, it's all college football this weekend. Maybe a little bit about the baseball playoffs. I'll start there. Uh, I'm a Yankees fan. Paul doesn't give a shit about baseball anymore. Uh, even though the Braves are basically in it. Unless, yeah. unless Philadelphia pulls one out. Yeah, just, yeah. So the Yankees have been streaky and, you know, they won 13 in a row. Then they went like two and 11. So they've been a mess. They're currently pretty warm. They've won two of three from the Red Sox. They played the third game today. Um, and the Red Sox and the Yankees are both in contention for wild card spots. It, and Toronto is in the mix. The Yankees are getting – if the Yankees get into the playoffs, they're going to end up in one of those r- ridiculous play-in games. Game. <laughs> yeah, which – they, they may win, they may not win. I, I really don't care because they haven't played as a team that I thought, this is a team I want to watch during the playoffs. It's kind of like you talk about OU. You, you have the expectation of winning or competing for a national championship, and then you go out and you shit the bed against Kansas State or somebody, and you're like, well, there's a little bit of relief there because you're like, well, now we can just enjoy the games as they are because we're not we're not headed that direction. But yeah, when a team's not good enough, it's like you're just you're just waiting for things to to fall apart. Right. I it's just a I, matter of when, not if. Right, and the, the Yankees have crap that like Adroitus Chapman is basically Mitch Williams reincarnated. I, I can't watch that guy. He's, and I know I was spoiled by Mariano Rivera for, you know, 20 years, but it just, they're, they're not fun to watch and they don't have very good pitching. It's all a mess. And so I just assume they didn't make the playoffs and Aaron Boone got fired and maybe uh, Chapman, the general manager got fired and we tried a different approach. But just get Aronis Chapman as the new GM. Just keep, uh, keep with the Chapman name. I would, uh, uh, I mean, it's Cashman. I'm sorry, it's Brian Cashman. I uh-huh. apologize. I would, uh, prefer that they got Don uh-huh. Mattingly as manager, but that's just me liking Don Mattingly. I don't know if he's a good manager uh-huh. or not, but anyway, that's all I have to say about the baseball playoff. I assume you have nothing to say about it because you've given up on baseball entirely. The Braves, the Braves are leading their division, but uh, uh, I think the consensus is that they're not 
one of the top playoff entrants. So I'll uh, well, the I'll, East. I'll, I'll peer. I'll peer over. Uh, baseball is a sport where bad teams can win. Uh, unlike college football, uh, Oklahoma has been um, uh, trying their luck here over the first three games. They beat uh, Western Carolina and Tulane and Nebraska, a, a bad Nebraska team. And they won, but they're like, yeah, these are close results on your watch. It's like, yeah, they're not doing well. They, they again, barely beat West Virginia. And uh, it is one of these things. If you're watching and it's like, oh, I hope they win, but at the same time, I hope they lose so I can stop uh, having this horrible feeling of watching this game. Uh, you're, you're a Bears fan. I am. I'm, it's. I want to stay with college football for a second. Well, uh, this, this is this is only as it relates to like getting your hopes up. Oh, all, sure. All attitude. Um, there was a season. I don't know if it was last year or the year before where the Bears started. Four now. Yeah. Four or five. Frankly, and it's like. I don't know what you felt then, but I, I assume it was similar to what I'm feeling about these Oklahoma Sooners, where it's like, this isn't going to last. This isn't going to end well for my emotional well-being as it relates I, to this team. It, that's exactly how I felt. It's like, this is the worst 4-0 and team in the league, and they will yeah. crash and burn in the ugliest possible way. I think that was in the Jake Cutler era but it might've been the guy before that, that everybody wrecks well, somebody or other. You got, I don't that, know. you got that. You paid like two number one picks to get that super duper linebacker. And yeah. it did pay off for those four games, but uh, uh, then the season kind of fell apart. You're out those draft picks. So uh, I'm not going to say defense doesn't matter in the NFL, but mm-hmm. the only thing that really matters is quarterbacks. It's it's a hundred percent throwing yeah. week. I did want to make this comparison between OU and the Bears. Okay. This this OU team, I don't know if you watched the, the OU game, uh, but they stumbled down the field. They stumbled down the field in the fourth quarter, and the kicker came out and kicked the game-winning field goal. And it was like, yeah. thank God it's coming down to the kicker because we've got like an all-American kicker. Like he – He'll routinely hit 50 yarders and they'll be like 10 yards to spare. He's, he's like a consensus all American and throws a, you know, finalist. And it's like, Oh, you, this team, it's like, it's the kicker and the defense and nothing else. And it reminded me of that bears team where there was that punt returner and the defense. Yeah. Hester. Yeah, it's like, that was the whole team. And it's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun to have a team that does well with like two missing wheels. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just not going to end well. They made it all the way kind to the Super Bowl. Party piece. They played They played Peyton Manning's but... Colts in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and Devin Hester ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Sure. And, sure. and, and there was a moment I was like, this could be it. This could be the first. Yeah. 
Bears championship since I was 10 years old. And the rest of it was just Peyton Manning kind of being mediocre in the rain and the Bears yeah. not being able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Glory days. So it's interesting. OU is number four in the country. At least they were going into yeah. this week. They eked out their win against West Virginia, a conference game. Iowa barely won against Colorado State, a non-conference mm. game. Yeah. And they, they stuck by Iowa's number five. I think Iowa is probably ridiculously overrated. Yeah. Um, part of the problem is Ohio State shit the bed early. So yeah. they, they have a little rebuilding to do. Like they're going to go knock the hell out of the rest of the Big Ten and get back into the top five, top four soon enough. But Iowa's undefeated, but there's nothing that Iowa does that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great team to watch. It's more like, uh, uh, which makes me think or makes me wonder, like, well, why is, why are these teams four and five? Because the way they're playing, the way they're playing, you would think they'd be like 15, 16. I was, I was listening to the OU Theater Scoop podcast. Yeah. And the guy was like, it's just a down year. I mean, Alabama, they barely won a game. Yeah. Clemson has a couple losses. Ohio State lost. Uh, Georgia, they beat Clemson, but it was like a seven to zero game. Uh, no one's good. And they, they, they couldn't quite figure out why. Uh, teams were kind of struggling to dominate the the really great teams like a normal year, but uh, well, maybe it's because well, the uh, the star players are all making a million dollars and they don't have to try that hard. Well, that's certainly the case with our quarterback. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got so a lot of money, but he's sure hell not hitting the end zone very often. He's not. He looks like he's drunk when he's trying to run uh, out of the, you know, run for a first down. Yeah. Uh, now, meanwhile, I was in the coverage. But, mean, yeah. Meanwhile, Iowa State, uh, an OU conference opponent, they started out ranked higher than Iowa. Then uh, Iowa yeah. beat them. And then mm-hmm. they still retained a pretty decent rating. And then I forget who they played this weekend, but they lost. Baylor. Baylor. It was a shootout, uh, and Baylor always wins shootouts. And I I thought, well, it could be there's a part of me that feels sorry for Iowa State because they're one of the weaker teams. They have been strong the last five, six years, but historically they're one of the shittier teams in the big 12 and previously the big eight. So yeah. whatever happens with the big 12, like, I don't know if those other schools are in yet, like Houston and BYU and the other two, I don't remember, mm-hmm. but right. Like, I don't know if they've all signed up and this is all going to be fine when OU yeah. goes to the sec and Texas goes with them. But 
but I feel like Iowa State is missing a real opportunity here to establish itself as a top tier program in what will be the far and away the weakest of the Power Five conferences. So I don't know. As a as an OU fan, that my feelings are conflicted. I, there was a podcast about this, the breakup of the Big Twelve, and it was like mm-hmm. they were saying, "Well, I, I hope that the people that are left behind, you know, things come out okay for them." Uh, but at the same time, if if the if the old Big Twelve breaks apart, you know, when OU and Texas leave. That means we're not having, uh, I say we, Oklahoma and Texas, they're not having to pay out the penalties because the conference is just gone, like it's sure. just broken apart. It goes into something, something else. It's folded in to whatever other conference will, will take the leftovers. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't have any personal animus against Iowa State. In fact, I, uh, I kind of like that their coach, uh, who has done very well for like five years, um, that he hasn't like taken the money and run to some other program. Yeah, so I agree. I'm sure, he, I'm they're, sure they're, he's had offers. I right. There's they're surely a higher tier team that took a look at him and said, hey, this guy is doing really well at a university that has not done well uh, historically. So it, it's funny because I, so I'm sure he's had offers, unlike the Iowa coach. Every every story you read about him was that the, the NFL was pursuing him. Uh, and I don't yeah, those, know if I believe that. Those stories have dropped off. Kurt yeah. Ferentz is the longest tenured coach in yeah. Division One or whatever it's called now, BCS or whatever it is. He's the, he's yeah. the, he's been in place longer than any other coach in the country, at I least at this like level. Yeah, I think you got a butt call. You know, someone's cell phone accidentally hit the wrong number, and <laughs> he dropped that in the media, and so that that's made it into every story for the last ten years. Sure, even though he's not. Uh, I mean, the NFL at, at this point, job. his son, who played for Iowa, is now the offensive coordinator. Which now, right. now we're into we're into Bob Stoops territory. Maybe his son is getting calls from the NFL. Maybe. Uh, the torch has passed the made up story. Uh, if if the offensive output uh, against Colorado State is to be the measuring stick, I don't I don't think the calls are plentiful. <laughs> Let's switch to entertainment real quick before we close out here. There's yeah. an FX mini series about the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky oral sex scandal mm-hmm. in the 90s my complaint about this is twofold one um is anybody really nostalgic for this like i lived through this and i was tired of it yeah. while it was happening in real time yeah. and i just i i never first of all i never need to see Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I never need to see them again. I never need to hear from them anymore. They're just yeah. scummy people that I don't like. And 
then the other part of this is I do feel bad for Monica Lewinsky in so far as she her name is tied to one act in her life mm-hmm. and i just feel terrible about i mean like all of the Ooh. worst things that i've done most yeah. people don't know about them but if you're just she known for one thing her. right the, if you're known for one thing that's a rough rough road to, to carry for her uh I, yeah. I feel i feel bad for i mean she was a willing participant in that yeah. so it's not it's you know you can certainly make the argument that her being a 20 something intern of, and yeah, clinton being the president Trek, but yeah, a lot of starstruck young women have done sexual favors for powerful men and sure and not faced this kind of publicity so so, so I don't think you should have expected that, you know. Right. Um, but she has fashioned a career as a handbag salesperson, and yeah, she's an anti-bullying advocate. Puts out little uh, tweets that get a lot of pats on the back. So I think she's done well out of it in a certain way. Uh, or but, at least uh, the best you can. The thing is, like, yeah, FX did one of these things. That. Yeah. The thing is, FX did one of these things about OJ. And again, this is like, these are terrible things that happened that I don't want to, I, I, I just don't want to watch these, this ridiculousness. So, I don't know why people, I don't know why these are made. I remember this was a big deal when we were a kid, like, Oh, what was the name of the Joey, but yeah. and there was Amy Fisher. And there were, I think a couple of movies about the, that Olympic deal with Tanya Harding and, and, yeah. uh, well, we've become a this. We've become a fame obsessed culture. Right. And we care about things that don't really impact us. I, I, I guess I kind of wanted to say very briefly, you know, it was the whatever anniversary of 9 11. Uh, I, I live in Memphis. There was 20. Tragic, it, was, it was 20. Whatever. But there'll be another one in five years, whatever it is. There'll, yeah. There'll be another one uh, here, here in Collierville. A suburb of Memphis, where right. I live, there was a tragic shooting. This created a lot of chatter in my office. Uh, I, I don't see the point of it. Um, like we're we're accountants in my office. None of us are first responders uh, who would have been at the scene. Uh, we're not doctors. We wouldn't be able to treat the injured parties. It has nothing to do with us. We weren't there. No one in the office knew anyone who was there. Uh, the, the level of interest in this kind of stuff, uh, you know, whether it's uh, a blowjob in the White House or um, uh, some domestic terrorism, uh, it, it, it does seem over the top. We're, we're just like, 
every part of American life is uh, rubbernecking an accident on the on the highway. Uh, yeah. And I don't know that it helps uh, tamp down this behavior if if you can do it and know that you're going to get a lot of publicity out of it. I don't know. Opinion. I don't know the answer to that either. I do do know that uh, the the mass publicity of of tragedy. Uh, I think constantly asks us to be in a state of either panic or grieving. And it's too much for regular people. We just can't be as sad as we're supposed to be for 9-11. We can't be as worried as we're supposed to be about Collierville. I'm not saying that those things aren't terrible. They are terrible. But it just constantly seems like culture is asking me to grieve something. That I I I can't. It's a, I'm not attached to it. I might take note Neur- of it. Yeah. Neur- Neur- like, neurologists, neurological doctors would say that uh, humans have a limited capacity. So it's uh, uh, biologically we're not able to care as much as the right the reporting would have it here. Well, I certainly don't wish to revisit either OJ or Monica Lewinsky's and Bill Clinton and whoever the lady was who did all the illegal recordings uh, about the Linda Tripp or whatever her name was, who's dead now. I, I, don't, I don't want to revisit this stuff um, on the regular, but I do want to revisit that you brought this to the table. I think we'll close out here with uh, Daniel Craig, who oh. is the current James Bond, he's said that this upcoming film next month, No Time to Die, is his last in the role. And he uh, has some thoughts on who the new James Bond should be. What, what are they, Paul? Well, um, I, I think he got interviewed recently, and it's like, oh, this guy's just going to tell the truth about whatever. So he's been interviewed a lot lately. He's had a lot of opinions. One, he's not giving his wealth to his kids. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. What, what else you got? Well, uh, this new bond that's going to um, a black female. I don't think it should go to a black female. Well, oh, okay. Tell us more. The, the tape's rolling. Uh, and he said, well, it's not that I don't think that uh, black women should get good roles. It's that, uh, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this because I don't actually read past the headline on most. No, no one does. New stories. We're just, but, we're just uh, the only podcast that's honest about that. That's right. We're like Daniel Craig. We're, we're honest about how little we care about the, the news. But uh, when when we had our, when we had my friend Lou on, and 
and he was specifying which province he was in Afghanistan. I'm like, we're Americans. We don't. Yeah. We can. We can barely find Afghanistan on a map, let alone yeah, save it. Save it. Save it for C-SPAN. Uh, <laughs> but the his comment was, James Bond has always been just a white British guy. Uh, yeah. If if we want roles for black women, then we should have uh, good roles written for them, and yeah. I can play those roles. Uh, well, they so that did, was his it, second comment. That's interesting because they did do a switcheroo on Money Penny, yeah. and they made her black, and yeah. that character was like kind of a Very badass. Long. Like she was a field yeah, agent; yeah. she could do badass things. She came out and helped yeah. Bond in the field in one of the movies. And I thought, well, fine, make her a movie. Or, yeah. Yeah, she or can, instead of, she instead of 007, yeah. what about 008? You know, More numbers. Yeah. yeah, you know, just... It's sort of like, you see this in the comic book movie world. And I think Marvel has done a better job with this. Like it's like okay, we need an Asian superhero. What do we got in the What do we got in the in the library? Well, we got this Shang Chi master of kung fu with the ten rings. Yeah, well, Shang Chi like is super racist by today's standards. You know, the comics. You know, the skin is like a, a, a kind of a dark yellow. His his father is the evil Fu Manchu you know you can't that's not something you can run against today's super woke audience so they're like well let's drag him out modernize him make a movie and they did meanwhile like over at DC Comics they're like well we need a black Superman okay we'll just have a black Superman but there actually is like a black Superman in DC Comics continuity. I don't know anything about him, but there actually yeah. is some Kryptonian Superman from an alternate timeline who's black. Make a movie about that guy. But instead, they're like, no, we're going to have black Clark Kent. Okay. Uh, I just feel like I, I'm not one of these guys who's like, what's on the page that was created in the 60s or the 50s or the 30s? The sacrosanct, like art evolves, audiences evolve, all of that, things change. So that doesn't bother me as much as just, it's not very creative. Like with Captain America, there was an actual story where Steve Rogers died and the Falcon, who's a black guy, took over as Captain America. And that's a good story. That's to me, that's an original way to make someone to add diversity to, to the entertainment universe. But you didn't just say the next James Bond is going to be a black female. And I don't, has that been announced? Is that true? I don't know. Uh, it was on the Twitter. There's a, there was an actress and she was talking. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's happening. I mean, they made Doctor Who female. And I was okay with that because 
Doctor Who's an alien, and there was efforts to establish the fact that gender was was fluid when you regenerate between characters. So I was okay with it, but then they saddled her with just terrible stories. Like her her whole run has been miserable stories that are not fun to watch. So if if you're going to do that, then I feel like that's on the backs of the producers, to uh, the showrunners, to make the show good the way they did for the other actors. But even then, I can sort of see Daniel Craig's point of view. And one of the former doctors, Peter Davison, was like, well, you know, he was a good boy, role model for boys. And people jumped on him for saying that. I, I don't know. Well, I hope it's, it's one of those uns, it's one of those problems that there's there's no solution that will make everyone happy. Yeah. But I I I don't know. I'm a white guy. Everything well, I say is wrong yeah. anyway. So we're on rotten ice well, here as it is. We're we're closing out the the episode. And we we always tell don't people to shit. Uh, well, then Tell let's people to be kind and behave. Uh, so, you know, if we're being hopeful because of the spring, the fall equinox and whatnot. Wise. Just say no uh, more. Well, I would say in terms of the black female Bond character, uh, you know, I, I would hope that they tailor the material to a new character and uh, maybe let go of some of the Bond characteristics, uh, try and emphasize a, a new, be creative, you know, try and make it something uh, new and different, you know, not in the efforts of equality, but more in the efforts of, or the, the, uh, in the interest of uh, creating a good story. Uh, At a minimum, pass which, the Bechdel test. <laughs> so that's it. That's all I had. Because well, for Paul in Memphis, I'm Dan in Des Moines. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Lewis Black, Angry Button, you got anything to add? Fair enough. Uh, Son of a bitch. Wow, Lou, just take it easy. Uh, we got to get out of here before Lou does uh, harm to uh, both brand. of us. <laughs> Our brand, yes. Uh, goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Wow. Guess we can close the file on that one. <laughs>